Welcome to Four Dimensions for Teachers, a podcast with Dr. Caroline Blackley, covering topics that surround today's dynamic teaching and learning environments. Ignite your curiosity, engage your passion for discourse, and encourage others to join us in these robust conversations, all to strengthen our community of practice. No need to put your hand up. Just tune in as we laugh, cry, challenge each other, and aim high to continue to be the best teachers we can. When we want to focus on something or when we want to have knowledge in an area, one of the first things we need to do is build vocabulary around that. So if you think of children learning to read, reading is an arduous task unless they have a higher sense of vocabulary, what words are, how they go together. Adults are no different. If we want to step into a new way of thinking, or if we want to step into a different way of working, we need to start with building the vocabulary, the common language around what it is that we do. When we have a common language, we firstly raise the bar for accountability because we're all consistent or consistently understanding the same themes or the values that drive for us as teachers the school that we work within. But the second thing is that we build a sense of responsibility around what our role is within that team, within that school culture, to align our values with what it is we're trying to achieve. Now, every school has at its forefront or its main message agenda is student outcomes. Our purpose is to educate, and to do that, we need to have productive teaching and learning spaces. Now, teaching and learning spaces are different. Teaching is what I am responsible for. It's what I am accountable for. And often I found in my research, it was the place that caused frustration for teachers, particularly in the area of classroom behavior management, because we feel that when students disrupt that accountability, that responsibility we have in teaching all students, we raise our negative affect. Frustration, anxiety, stress become related to our feelings in that classroom. When we start to look at productive classroom environments though, and this is the teaching and the learning. So the teaching is the area I am responsible for. The learning is the environment that I create that provides the most productive environment in which students can participate. Part of our role is to ensure every student has access to that learning. And hence, we need to look at the way we set up our environment, the way that we interact with our students, every single student, that we move them towards that productive teaching and learning environment. So for us with four dimensions, when we talk about productive learning environments, that's where that dimension one and two become really paramount in setting high expectations. We do not ever lower the bar, but for students who aren't ready to interact with us at that bar, we have to create interactions that show them that no matter what the interactions are that you're used to, be it at home, be it at different schools, be it in different classrooms, in my classroom, My first priority at all times is productive teaching and learning environments. What this will do, it will influence the decisions you make and the way that you interact with your students. So for example, when I'm in classrooms doing my observations, there are often two or three students that really push the agenda for disruption in a classroom. Now in some classrooms, it feels like there's 10, 12 or 15 students, but there will always be a few, just a few, who are the ones that start, that initiate, or that intensify the disruption or the disruptive behaviours in a learning environment. Now, for us as a teacher, we do get to choose our narrative 
and we get to choose the way we interact with students. If we truly wish to create productive teaching and learning environments, we will choose to step into every interaction with a green footprint. That is, we step in restating our expectations or interacting with students who are meeting those expectations. The green zone is based in Dimension 1 and Dimension 2. This doesn't mean that we don't use Dimension 3 and 4, which is redirection and follow through, but the second thing that is paramount in classrooms that are productive in their teaching and learning are teachers I have witnessed over and over again, over 8,000 observations. They choose to redirect students in a less public nature. So our interactions do not stop or interrupt the flow of learning. Now, Chick Sent Me High was a wonderful man. I love reading his books. He coined the term flow and looked at it with athletes and musicians. Now, flow is about that sweet spot where you almost aren't thinking about what you do. So I agree with the term flow in finding a sense of balance, in finding a equilibrium in which we do not distract from the learning through managing behavior. But I differ from his theories around it in that for teachers, we want to keep a sense of conscious awareness in everything we do. Because when we're highly aware, it provides us with the foundation to reflect in the act of teaching and change our interactions with students. So if you want a productive teaching and learning environment, if you are looking for productive practices, then how do you keep curriculum at the forefront of every conversation? We have a nice little three-step process with four dimensions. E-double-R, expect, reinforce, reduce the public footprint. Now, it doesn't always go in a linear fashion. There are times that if you're right beside the student who's demonstrating inappropriate behaviour, it might be most appropriate to reduce the public footprint by getting them back onto task with a curriculum conversation. Or it might be more appropriate to set expectations across the rest of the classroom so that they are focused on the learning objectives, the learning intentions, I've now created time and space that I can go and work with the students that need my time. Remember, we need to stop thinking also that students that need our time and space are just around behavioural needs. It can be academic, it can be social, emotional, academia, and it can certainly be around behaviour. But when we stop focusing on the behaviour as the priority in our classroom and we start focusing on the productive teaching and learning environment, the majority of our students, the mob buy-in that I talk about all the time, So the majority of your students will come back to the learning activities. What was paramount in all of my research is the interactions are what change the environment. Think about your students that cause disruption. What sort of interactions do they gain from you? Are we modelling to them productive teaching and learning interactions or do they gain most of our attention through disruptive or low-level disruptions? Because if the only way I interact with a student is through redirections or behavioural conversations, then why would they change their behavioural or their learning processes in my classroom? Productive practices are practices where we choose how we interact with our students in our classrooms. When we do this with high frequency, so stating expectations is the first step, but if you don't go back with high frequency, and in my research, teachers who had almost no disruption, they revisited They referred back to both their learning and behavioural expectations on average every two to three and some five minutes. What you will find if you do a four dimensions observation, teachers interact with students almost every minute, if not every 30 seconds. How do you choose the interactions that you have with students that lead to productive practices from you that links to that common language 
those common understandings of our school culture? How do we model in our classrooms that when you are on point, when you are doing the learning that I've asked you to do, I will interact with you with the likelihood you will repeat those behaviours? Students who demonstrate disruptive behaviours have 86% more chance of having an interaction with a teacher around disruption rather than learning conversations. So sometimes we have to create those opportunities. Let's give our child a name, our student, Tom. If Tom is the student that can only keep his impulsivity in check for 30 seconds, two, three minutes, if I see him with his pen in his hand and I have seen him doing the task I have asked, that is the time to put that soft summer rain, refer back to your expectations for learning or behaviour across the classroom. Guys, I'm looking for people who have pen in hand started writing. I have created an opportunity to, for the first time today, interact with Tom around a learning behaviour. Productive practices are about creating opportunities to interact with students, and from that we create the productive teaching and learning environment that we are looking for. I hope this has been helpful. Look forward to catching you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap for this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review and visit carolineblackley.com and join our growing community of international educators.